Hello and how are you? This is Alice coming to you from Total Health Academy where we talk about all things Total Health. So today we're going to talk about um, a type of cancer. Uh, the name of this cancer is um, it's really rare. It's a rare type of cancer. It's called adenoid cystic carcinoma. That is adenoid cystic carcinoma. I'm going to be using that name or I might just shorten it because the short name for this type of cancer is ACC. So I might say adenoid cystic carcinoma or I might say ACC. So this is a rare type of cancer among about 500,000 people that get diagnosed with cancer every year. That's a, that's a million, I have a million people who get diagnosed with cancer every year allowed the world. About 1,200 have this type of cancer. So it's very rare, but it is a serious type of cancer. Now, this cancer kind of affects the glands of the mouth that produces saliva, but sometimes it can spread to other areas. So we have about three pairs of those kind of glands in the mouth. We have them right be below the ears. Those are called paratoid glands. We have some right above the, the throat. They are called subringo glands, and we have some right below the jaw, and those are called submandibular glands. So those are the three pairs. So there are six altogether, and they are all around the mouth. So adenoids are the glands that are high up on above the roof of your throat. Those are called adenoid glands and they are part of the lymphatic system so those can be affected also those kind of glands the adenoid glands and the tonsils they are they are very very close together they are part of the lymphatic system the lymphatic system kind of clears away infections and it also clears fluids it balances all the fluids you know, it's part of the fluid balancing system of the body. The adenoid and the tonsils also work by trapping germs and microbes that come through the mouth or the nose. And they, they, so it's part of the immune system. Now, when you see a cancer forming in those type of glands, first of all, the immune system is not working properly. But it, now at this point, it's also affecting part of the immune system. So it's, the immune system is not working properly. But now we have cancer that is affecting glands that are part of the immune system. So adenoid cystic carcinoma. It is a rare type of cancer and it's a serious type of cancer. And you would think because it's involved with the lymphatic system, you would think that it spreads through the lymphatic system, but when it actually spreads to other parts of the body, it, it spreads through the nerves. 
so instead of spreading through the the lymphatic fluid vessels it spreads through the nerves which kind of makes it dangerous and and i'll talk a little bit more about that when we come to the treatment part so this type of cancer kind of affects women more than men about 60 percent of the people that are affected by this disease are women 40 percent are men and it can affect people at any age between their teen years so it can actually affect children young adults all the way to age 80. so i don't know if people older than that or younger than teen years can be affected but i would imagine that it can affect just about anybody so it tends to grow slowly which makes it even more dangerous because sometimes it can spread to other parts of the body and somebody will not be aware because you know it's growing slow and anything that grows slowly sometimes you don't feel it so you won't know that it's there it won't be causing any kind of problems it just grows very very slowly so that's what makes it dangerous because you may not notice the signs and symptoms of it it can also once it gets treated it can also grow back you know and return in the same place that it has been treated we're going to talk a little bit more about that it can also spread to other parts of the body and it actually spreads to many parts of the body but it can spread to your lungs your liver to your bones which is even more serious if it spreads to the bones and to the liver or to the lungs so it can kind of it can be part of the um lung cancer and you know lung cancer for most people they don't tend to do very well with it um the survival rate is a little bit lower than other types of cancers so the symptoms of this type of cancer the symptoms kind of tend to um they depend on um, how fast the tumor is growing what part of the body has been affected and so and also when it spreads what other parts have been affected when it spreads so sometimes people with acc or people with ad adenoid cystic carcinoma do not have any symptoms some people don't have any symptoms other people do have symptoms but they are kind of vague you know sometimes they may feel like a rump at the um the roof of the mouth a lump underneath the tongue or at the bottom of the mouth abnormal looking lining of the mouth can also occur so those are kind of fake you know sometimes you may not know what's causing it some people think you know it's just a swelling or it's just some kind of pain in my mouth it could be some people think maybe it could be a toothache or they might think they are catching a cold or they might think that maybe it's their tonsils that are swollen you know those kind of things but it also causes, because it, it travels through the nerves, it can cause uh, numbness of the upper jaw, numbness of the face, numbness of the palate, numbness of the tongue, and it can also cause difficulty swallowing food. It can cause uh, dull aching pain in the face, a bump or a nodule in front of the ear, or behind the ear underneath the jaw and like I said it does affect the nerve so sometimes it can also cause paralysis of the facial nerve so ACC 
can uh, have solid tumors. Sometimes they are loud, movable tumors, or sometimes they are hollow. When I say they are hollow, it means that the tumors have holes in them to a point they look like Swiss cheese. You know, when they have like holes in them. Adenocystic carcinoma of the lower respiratory um, area, usually the respiratory tract, kind of forms, it affects the mucus glands or the glands that produce mucus in the trachea. So people are just, you know, they tend to um, produce a lot of mucus. So, and this can be mistaken for other diseases also. So they, they might feel like they have a blockage in their weed pipe. Sometimes it gets diagnosed as a bronchitis or maybe upper respiratory infection. Sometimes it causes trouble breathing. Sometimes when the doctor listens to your lungs out, they hear a, a strider or a high-pitched sound, which is like, it sounds like wheezing. You know, the kind of sound you would mistake for asthma. Some people may have a hoarse uh, voice. So, I mean, the symptoms are so vague and so widespread that they can be mistaken for another disease. So, but I mean, if you're having mucus, it's always good to get it checked out. And when it comes to diagnosis, I'm going to tell you one thing that you can insist on when you go to see the doctor. So I'm going to talk a little bit about all the symptoms that people see when different parts of the body are affected. It's quite a few. When um, this type of cancer affects the voice box, you know, the voice box is right here behind your throat. It affects the, um, the slit-like opening between your focal cord. And with this condition, you can have like a range of symptoms. Horse, hoarseness of the voice. So some people think, oh, you know, I just have a cold. Or maybe I have um, laryngitis. That's what most people think. Um, but then you, 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 you go to the doctor and you get treated for that and it doesn't go away. So anytime you have hoarseness, get it checked out and take it seriously. Um, some people have voice changes. So it's not hoarseness, but there could be a voice change. Sometimes people have pain. Sometimes they may have a mass in the neck. Sometimes they have difficulty breathing or, or when they get like when they are exercising or walking real fast or walking upstairs, they feel short of breath. So they kind of think maybe something else is causing it. Um, they might also have difficulty swallowing food. That is always a big concern. Anytime you have difficulty swallowing food, always get it, get it checked out. So um, sometimes this type of um, cancer can affect the lacrimal glands. And with the lacrimal glands, these are the glands that produce tears. Imagine that. Because they're right... You know, they are located right above the nose. So they could be connected to the, um, the gland that is right below the ear, the parotid gland. And so you will find that somebody, somebody's eyes are just tearing. You know, so 
And that is usually confused with so many other diseases. So if you see something like that happening and you go to the doctor and they tell you maybe you have an infection and they treat it with antibiotic and it doesn't go away in like a month, it's good to have that checked. You know, have um, them do um, an analysis of the, um, the tears, whatever is coming out, whatever drainage is coming out, it needs to be analyzed in a lab. So some people may develop this type of cancer allowed there. So they produce a lot of tears and they're just tearing. Some people are told it's an allergic reaction. But when they use uh, medication for allergies, it doesn't help the condition. So always pay attention to that. If you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you some, some type of medication and it's not helping the condition, go back and insist on more testing. Uh, in most cases... Adults that are affected, it's adults that are affected by that type of um, tearing in the eyes. Children can also have this, but when children are affected, it's not as aggressive as when adults are affected. But when the lacrimal glands are affected, it can change your vision also. So people will notice that their vision is not is as is a little blurry. Uh, they can have bulging of the eyes. Sometimes it could be one eye that is bulging out and the other eye looks normal. Or sometimes it could be both. Um, they might have pain. They might have swelling. This type of cancer, believe it or not, can also affect the skin. Most of the time it affects the scalp where people or the ear canals. So with the ear canals, people will have pain. They might also have pus coming out because remember, this type of cancer affects the glands that produce saliva, but it also can affect the glands that produce the tears and the mucus. So it looks like pus is coming out, but it could actually be mucus. Uh, those areas can also start bleeding uh, and increase sensitivity. And if it affects the scalp, you may have hair loss. So now it can also affect the esophagus. The esophagus is the tube that joins the mouth to the stomach. And when this is affected, people have difficulty swallowing food, even soft food. They do better with um, solid foods, but they will, do, uh, they will have difficulty swallowing soft foods, swallowing liquids, and swallowing their saliva. And sometimes the, the food they swallow may come back up. That's called regurgitation. Or the fluids they swallow may come back up. It's called regurgitation. So some people may lose weight also because they are not able to keep the liquids or the foods down. This type of cancer can also affect the breast. Believe it or not, it can affect the breast. But when it does... It's not like your typical breast cancer. It's not as aggressive as your typical breast cancer. And most of the time, it doesn't spread. When it affects the breast, it does not spread to any other areas. So when the breasts are affected by ACC or the adenoid cystic carcinoma, typically it, it forms like a movable uh, little mass loud, movable mass. 
and it's usually allowed the areola of the blast. That is the dark area, the darkened um, skin allowed the nipple. That is where you will find a tumor like that. And it's movable. So when you touch it, it feels loud and it's movable. But So it's a different type of cancer, but nevertheless, it is still cancer. So it can also affect the suffix. And when it does affect the suffix, now this one is aggressive. So when it affects the breast, it's not as aggressive as your typical breast cancer. But when it affects the suffix, it is aggressive. And it needs to be treated with, with care and with immediate effect. Some of the symptoms it causes will be vaginal discharge, uh, vaginal bleeding, and pain. It can also affect the prostate. Believe it or not, it can affect the prostate. Now, when it does affect the prostate, the type of prostate cancer that we normally get is called adenocarcinoma. But when adeno, adenoid cystic carcinoma affects the prostate, it's, it's regarded as a subtype of the prostate adenocarcinoma because you can tell the names are almost similar. It means adenocarcinoma. Adeno means gland. Carcinoma means cancer. So adenoid cystic carcinoma and adenocarcinoma is almost the same type of cancer, but adenoid cystic carcinoma is a subtype of adenocarcinoma. I hope that's not confusing. And when it affects the prostate, it causes um, different kinds of, of symptoms, but not, it's not different from what you would experience if you had prostate cancer. So frequent urination, poor urine from, urinary tension, and also uh, this type of cancer can still affect other parts of the body, but it is rare. Now, I did mention that it can affect the skin, and so, you know, just pay attention. It can spread to other parts, even though the main areas that are affected will be normally the face, allowed the mouth, allowed the nose, and your teeth, and the jaw. So diagnosis of this type of cancer, how do we diagnose this type of cancer? Normally, when you go to the doctor, they might do an MRI. So that's magnetic imaging to take detailed pictures of what's going on. They might do a CT scan. That's a computerized um, X-ray of the area. And it also shows more information but it's not as good as the MRI uh, the doctor may do a PET scan so a PET, PET scan is a three-dimensional color image and it's more detailed than a CT scan but the most definitive type of um, testing is a biopsy so if you get a biopsy or anyway you should get a biopsy and even if you're having these other fake symptoms like your eyes tearing, it is good to get that uh, drainage and get it tested, you know? 
just like they would do a biopsy, they can aspirate some of that fluid and actually test it. And it should be tested because if you have adenocystic carcinoma or adenoid cystic carcinoma, you need to know earlier instead of the doctor uh, treating you for something else. If you've been treated for something else for a month and it's not changing, you need to go back and insist that they do a biopsy. And with this type of cancer, they can either do a fine needle aspiration or they can just test the fluid, the fluid that's coming out. So, but insist on that because most of the time, you know, different doctors do different things and they may not be thinking in that line. They may not think that, you know, this drainage that's coming from the lacrimal duct or this mucus that's coming from your esophagus or from your lungs could be cancerous, but it could be. So if it is, we need to know this earlier. So once the diagnosis is confirmed, the doctor then has to do staging. And with staging, it, it just tells the doctor how advanced the cancer is. And they usually use uh, Roman numerals, stage one to stage four. So stage one means the cancer is contained to just one area. Stage four, the cancer has spread to other areas. Now, how do we treat this type of cancer? So first line of treatment is surgery. They need to get the tumor out of there. So surgery will be the, the first line of treatment, but it's, it's really scary because you know this is, this is your face that we are talking about. Um, and this type of cancer kind of affects the nerves. So we're talking about them going in and trying to remove a tumor that could very well damage your nerves. So it is, it, is, it is not a surgery to be taken lightly, but that is the first line of therapy. So the doctor will try to remove the cancerous tissue without at least be very, very careful not to damage the nerves. Sometimes a part of the nerve could be removed to get all the cancer out. That means you won't be able to move your face if that happens, or your face may droop on that side of um, area that was operated on. Uh, other types, other times the doctor may try to reconnect a damaged nerve with another part of um, a nerve from a different area. So sometimes they will try to do reconstructive surgery. Sometimes the weed pipe or the voice box could be removed. So this is serious. This is not something to take lightly. Um, if that happens, reconstructive surgery is usually what follows once the tumor has been removed. So after surgery, once the tumor is removed, your doctor will recommend reconstructive surgery to repair that area. Sometimes, if a bone, skin, or nerve has been removed, they may need to repair or replace that with reconstructive surgery. During reconstructive surgery, the surgeon will, make, will work to repair uh, any part that was removed to help you or to improve your ability to chew your food, to swallow your food, 
to breathe and to move your face. Sometimes the doctor may need to transfer skin tissue or, or other parts of our tissue or bone or a nerve from another part of the body to repair. Now, once the surgery is complete, if the doctor cannot remove the entire tumor, or if they suspect that maybe other organs are affected, they re may recommend radiation. So surgery, and the next step will be radiation therapy. Now, there are three types of radiation, and the, your doctor can explain this. There is external beam radiation. Your doctor can explain how that works. Uh, there could also be internal radiation, which is also called brachytherapy, where the doctor puts like small seeds of radioactive seeds in or around the tumor. And um, this often is done when cancer has spread to the lungs. And usually those seeds will kind of wear out, that the radiation kind of decreases after a few days. So they may keep you in the hospital for two to three days. And once that radiation starts to wear off, you get discharged. So the, that type of radiation is not very common. It's called neutron therapy. Uh, even here in the U.S., they don't do it a lot. It's a new type of um, uh, radiation. But just ask your doctor about it, and they will be able to explain it. Side effects of radiation therapy, usually because this is happening around your mouth and your face, it may cause dry mouth, it may cause trouble swallowing your food, a soreness to the mouth, um, and it also may damage your teeth. So that's another, that's the, another downside to this whole treatment, including surgery, because part of your teeth can be removed. So talk to your doctor and ask them to recommend um, treatments that can help with side effects. You know, what can help with the dry mouth and all that. Sometimes after that, usually chemo is now used for this type of surgery. And the only time they use chemotherapy is if this uh, cancer has spread to other parts of the body. I say chemo is now used for this type of cancer. I said surgery instead of cancer. So chemo is not used for this type of cancer. The only time they use chemo is if they suspect that the cancer has spread to other parts of the body. But your doctor may recommend palliative care, which is a specialized type of medical care that focuses on providing relief from pain and other serious symptoms of the illness. A palliative care specialist will work with you. They will work with your family and they will work with your doctor to provide an extra layer of support that complements your ongoing care, which I think is a good thing. Now, adenoid cystic carcinoma, once it's cured, it can return. So really, it is considered a life-limiting kind of disease in the event that it comes back, or if it spreads to other areas of the body. For most people, they tend to do well with the initial treatment of surgery and radiation, but the cancer tends to come back later on. And it could come back at the same place that was treated, 
or a different area of the body. So, where after treatment is complete, you are still not cleared. You will still need to follow up with your doctor for um, follow-ups to make sure that the cancer is now coming back. So that will involve x-rays, uh, CT scans, MRI, depending on your diagnosis and the type of cancer that you had. So, but that will be ongoing. So I hope I can give you hope because this is a rare type of cancer. And there are so many um, unknowns about this type of cancer. For most doctors, they will tell you that ACC or adenocystic carcinoma is a slow-growing cancer, but they tell you that it has a, um, even though it's a slow-growing cancer, it has a high five-year survival rate. Uh, they will tell you that it often comes back after many years. And if that happens, that survival rate kind of drops. So that's not very good news. But I want to give you hope. That is the reason why I'm making this podcast. Because even though they tell you these kinds of things, and you may feel hopeless because you think they have all the information and they know everything, there is an area that is hidden that they don't understand and so i'm here to give you hope and tell you that the reason why cancer returns after treatment is because the underlying root cause was not addressed if that can be addressed this cancer should not be able to come back and that is the area i can help you with I kind of have an idea when somebody has cancer, I already know that the immune system is not working properly. But now we need to go a little bit further. Most people, when they are told that the immune system is not working further, uh, well, or if the immune system is not um, strong enough, they tend to think that maybe they need to eat better. But actually, that, that only maybe. I don't even think that the immune system is really affected by the foods that you eat. I know we've been told that if we eat healthy, if we eat more greens, if we eat antioxidants, it can boost our immune system. But actually, the immune system follows uh, a different kind of law. It is immune and it follows immutable laws. And I would say, I would dare to say that maybe nutrition only affects 1% of what the immune system does. So this is the area I would like to focus on. What is making your immune system weak? And we're not going to talk about food. There's a lot of people who are talking about food. I already have two books written on clean, healthy eating. And I believe that eating is the most simple part of this whole thing. Eating is the simple part. There are other things that will weaken your immune system that have nothing to do with food. And if we can address and address the root cause, if we can address that and address the underlying root cause of why your immune system is not working properly, because for real, it's not working properly, because one of the things that the immune system does is to try and prevent cancer cells from growing. 
So anytime you see cancer cells growing, the immune system is not working properly. And most of the time, it's not because of food. So let's talk about the risk factors. Because this uh, ACC or adenoid cystic carcinoma is a rare type of cancer, according to medical science, they do not know what causes it. So they have no idea what causes it. And they have no identifiable risk factors. So in no identifiable risk factors for ACC are currently known. So according to medical science, they really do not know what causes it. And they do not know how to prevent it. So... This is where I can actually help you uh, because nothing comes from nowhere and something cannot come from nothing. Something is causing it. And if the experts are not sure what causes it, I'm sure I can help you. So I hope I have given you hope. And I hope I have said something that is of importance to you that encourages you, gives you hope about the future. And I pray that you will get back with me if you want to dig a little bit further to the underlying root cause of ACC. The underlying root cause of adenoid cystic carcinoma. Like I said, it's a rare type of cancer. And out of the half million people that are affected by cancer every year, 1,200 people have this type of cancer. And this is not okay. So we need to dig down to the root cause and get rid of this disease. So I hope I've said something that can help you. Now, how can you get in touch with me? If you really want to get in touch with me quickly, you can inbox me on Facebook. If you're listening to this podcast on WhatsApp, you probably already have my number. But if you don't have any of that, you can email me. And I have to warn you, I only check my emails once a week. <laughs> I may check it a little bit, you know. I may check it a little bit more often than once a week. But to tell you the truth, I only pay attention to it once a week. So I have two emails. One of them is totalglobal1962 at gmail.com. Totalhealthglobal1962 at gmail.com. You can also email me at alicemonua at hotmail.com. So the first one was a Gmail. The second one is a Hotmail. So it's an old email, but I still use it. And Alice is spelled A-L-I-C-E. Monua is spelled M-U-N-Y-U-A at Hotmail.com. So God bless you. And I pray that I have given you hope, that I have said something encouraging today. And I wish you well. Thank you.